Hello, Blackhawks fans. Welcome in. It's the Four Feathers Post Game Show. Johnny Nani here with Tony Marchese tonight. Finally, Tony, we are back to victory beers. Let's crack them and get ready to discuss this Blackhawks winner. Johnny, cheers to victory, buddy. Cheers. I opened mine a little bit before you, so I didn't get the crack sound on air here. But believe me, they're flowing and they taste delicious after that Blackhawks win. They absolutely do, Johnny. I, I, as you know, enjoy a victory beer, and that's exactly what we're having right now. And the the last time you and I were on, uh, we got to have some victory beers too, and that was excellent. But then Ron and I, um, recapping the whole weekend, didn't get to even have a you know for one of them. Um, so you know, pair of losses over the weekend. Great to bounce back here. Uh, Blackhawks defeating the Carolina Hurricanes by a final score of two to one here on Tuesday, March thirtieth. Tony, um, you know th- this game was interesting to say the least. Uh, did not look good in the early going, but they were able to flip a switch and uh become much more responsible uh down the final 40 minutes of this one uh you touch on that first period and i did not expect to be uh talking about victory beers or sipping on victory beers johnny uh that was a little bit scary of a start um what was it about six or seven shots uh for carolina before we even had the opportunity to get one on net just not the start we were looking for at all and it looked like it was going to continue uh what we saw against the nashville predators here tonight and uh, yeah, it wasn't exactly instilling confidence in my mind early on. I agree with you. So I am kind of shocked that we are here at this point, but I'm very glad to be here. So before we get into our standard breakdown, initial thoughts, observations, all of that good stuff, listeners, make sure you are going to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Four Feathers Pod and the main account at ONTAP Sportsnet for all things Chicago sports. Uh, once again, if you enjoy the podcast, go subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen. And when you subscribe, you can get these right in your queue so you don't have to go and search them out. So, Tony, um, I'm going to start with initial thoughts for this game, then hand it over to you for yours, and then we'll get into the breakdown. Standard setup here. So, um, extremely flat in the first, and give credit to Carolina because they came out buzzing and they've been hot as hell. Uh, as of late. So um, that was very concerning, like you and I had both just previously pointed out. Um, But hey, they got some nice bounce to start the second. A quick goal that we will get to, uh, all the specifics of that, is huge for momentum. So I was glad they were able to do that, uh, apply a little bit more, and they completely clamped down uh, defensively. You know, it started with some better effort in the second, and it really showed through in the third. So I I was really proud of how they smothered Carolina um, throughout the final 40 minutes, especially in the final 20. So what are your initial thoughts? Initial thoughts, Johnny, uh, you know, again, uh, kind of echoing what uh, I've already said so far here, um, that the team did not come out looking good. Uh, Adjustments were made um, and they they got better as the game went on. And you like to see that from any team, uh, regardless if you start uh, somewhat good or or come out completely flat. You want to see that improvement through the game, and you want to see your players hitting a, a, a different gear. Uh, that's something that we talk about uh, with the Blackhawks all the time when uh, we're we're talking about playoff hockey and everything. That that next gear, um, they they were able to do that tonight and find it, Johnny. Um, you said the defense. Uh, you talked a lot about that. They looked extremely solid. Uh, there were a few plays that uh, were still a little bit suspect. I'll talk about one of them when we get later in the game, but um, they're they're. <laughs> There was 
exact examples of when we talk about weathering the storm, Johnny, uh, and that's what they did. They didn't even allow that thing to bother them. Um, and uh, it was just an impressive victory, I think, for, for a team that, that needs the momentum right now. It's funny that you bring up weathering the storm again, and Eddie Olchek did as well early on in this game. And we had thought about titling this episode "Weathering the Storm," but I'm pretty sure we've used that uh, multiple times throughout Forefather's existence. So um, it is like a broken record here, but that is what happened tonight. So um, let's get into why that was the case, and we will start early on first period here. Like I mentioned, Carolina was totally imposing their will early on. About six shots before uh, the Blackhawks could even register one. Uh, so you're getting scared uh, at this point in time and you know going into the right after the first media timeout that is when Eddie Olchek brought up the first uh, weather the storm instance here so yep. um, you know it, it came early tonight Tony usually we're talking about this in the third period yeah Johnny I mean the the, the whole concept of weathering the storm is normally when a team's grabbing that momentum uh, and and starting to run with something and, and you saw that actually happen early on in this game and we're lucky that it didn't get out of hand for the Blackhawks early. Obviously uh, the one thing that I want to talk about here is just how Kevin and Lykanen has been able to get off of his, his drought that he somewhat had. And I still think he was playing at a pretty good level uh, for an NHL goaltender, but you're starting to see him creep back at that confidence. We talked about that the other day, Johnny, you saw it from him tonight. Most definitely. Uh, Kevin Lankinen made 13 stops in the first period. And, uh, you know, it was necessary because uh, if Carolina even gets one, maybe even, you know, if God forbid, if they get two in there, um, I would think even one would have been hard to come back from Tony, especially with the way they were uh, rolling early on. And that momentum would have just only further surged. So like you had mentioned, uh, in immense props to Kevin Lankinen for uh, the first period that he had. And he had a few down the stretch too, but granted the, they played much better in front of him after that but we will get to that so uh event wise here uh kirby doc it is good to see him back if there was one positive from the first period um it was a shift in which kirby doc carries the puck through the center of the ice and is able to control it just because he's so tall he's got such a long wingspan he has such a long stick able to get it out in front of defenders shield that away from him use his long frame enters the zone so first of all they have problems entering the zone a lot of times not just on the power play um but th that was good to see him you know miss those entries from kirby doc and then also uh using his length because a guy has no other choice otherwise going to blow around him draws a penalty so that was a positive but unfortunately a negative comes right after that because a problem that ron and i talked about on sunday evening uh the blackhawks did not even generate a shot on goal here on this power play so kind of uh all for not there but either way uh, it was good to see Kirby Doc uh, kind of bounce back after uh, that tough turnover that he had on Sunday night so um, it just flat out in this period though got outworked uh, Canes like I mentioned led 13-5 in shots when it was all said and done Lankinen holding the fort down you already elaborated on that uh, I think we can move right on to the second period because it was early on Tony uh, literally 29 seconds in um Props to Connor Murphy here, and there's going to be a lot of Connor Murphy talk you're going to hear coming out of my mouth tonight. But either way, he intercepts a pass that was coming through the neutral zone, gets it up the boards, the right boards, to Kirby Doc, who cancels his man in the neutral zone, able to chip it up a little bit further to Strom, who gets in on a two-on-one with the end mark, waits out the goalie, shoots short side, boom, Hawks are up 1-0. Doc Murphy with the assist, rightfully so, on this one. And this was Dylan Strom's return from becoming a new dad. Tony, I, I'm not a father, but you are. Talk about the dad strength at play here. 
Yeah, there is a little bit of an adrenaline rush, I think, for anybody who's uh, just gone through that experience. Um, and if, if you are a father, you know exactly what I'm talking about. A little bit of, uh, you know, those sleepless nights. And I, that's the best thing I can equate it to, Johnny. Have you ever been on a bender? Many a time. Many a time. So it's like it's like that 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 middle of the bender where you're just like you're in your prime. There's nothing that can stop you. Your adrenaline is kicked in completely at that point in time. And yeah, it's, it's, it's dad strength right there. Uh, you're just, you're flying high. There is nothing that can stop you or hold you down for that moment. Um, things get pretty bad thereafter, but for right there, I mean, that if there's a time to score a goal on the ice for Dylan Strom, it's right now. Yeah. And he did it at the perfect time, right when the Blackhawks needed him to as well. I'm sure it was nice for him, especially since he had the long layoff before. I think people forget, obviously, the new storylines are about him becoming a new father. But he was off for a while uh, with the concussion protocol. So I think this is big, first of all, for him getting back into a rhythm here. And then second of all, setting the tone for the Blackhawks in the second period, like Absolutely. I mentioned coming 29 seconds into this period. And then uh, just another final comment on this goal. How about Matias Yenmark? Great teammate. This guy might not even be here uh, come next month at this time, Tony. Uh, but he's collecting the puck and making sure he gets that for Dylan Strom so he can have it uh, to you know honor scoring it for his daughter. Yeah, uh, Johnny, you talk about uh you know the the cool things that hockey players do and just being good teammates and grabbing pucks like that i think that you know that's not something that you're going to see wind up on the score sheet uh but that does go a long way in the locker room yeah, uh, most definitely so uh great to see that kind of tight-knit uh bond there and to see stromer uh kind of get back into it here uh because that was a nice wait out uh, he could have easily gone over to yanmark and they could have had a chance there but uh, he used it, knew he had the space, and uh, wait, waited, 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 then went short side and buried it. So uh, nice to see uh, on the goal itself there. Um, as we move forward in this one, the Blackhawks would strike not too long after, and we talk about building momentum here. Hawks only did it for a short stretch, but it was an effective stretch. This would end up being the game-winning goal. Uh, you get a Dougie Hamilton slashing penalty at 319, and Dougie Hamilton was fucking god-awful for the Carolina Hurricanes tonight. So um, I posted the video, the what an idiot from uh, you know Wedding Crashers. That's what he was tonight. Uh, he, he was brutal for Carolina tonight. But either way, Blackhawks take advantage of that because the Canes look like they're going to clear. Uh, but Patrick Kane, showtime, even when he's not actually like, you know, sniping or doing a spinorama assist or something crazy like that. He's making a defensive play. Granted, it's on the power play, but Carolina looks like they're going to have a great clear here, Tony. Patrick Kane says no to that. He comes behind Nietzsche, lifts his stick, picks the puck out with one hand, is able to create some space for himself to the left of the goaltender, passes it back right to Alex Debrinkit, and all he's got to do, move it just a little bit further right of the pad and slap that thing uh, right above it and the Blackhawks are up 2-0 here and we got a power play goal you love to see it Johnny and and just you talk about uh Patrick Kane doing something right there and I think uh you know you and I do a little segment on this show called cool and tough player of the game uh you talk about things like that that's what we look for uh in those plays and it's it's almost just second nature for a guy like Patrick Kane Johnny I was uh looking back through the feed today um, and I think you posted this from either Four Feathers or your personal account. Uh, it was the Adam Boquist, uh, the Adam Boquist picture uh, on Instagram, mm -hmm. where I think he commented something along the lines of, "If he he's talks, speaking, he, when he talks, you listen." Uh, these are the types of plays that you know Hall of Famers are built on, and, and just legends, absolutely. Uh, again, here we're, we're we're gushing over something that Patrick Kane did on the ice. Uh, you know, that's a, that's a great play for a guy normally, uh, but these are just routine things for him. And 
Uh, I know we've talked uh, at length about his leadership and just, you know, the things that he's done for this team this year. And this is, this is, I think, if anything, uh, the first Hawks team, like we, we talked about that, that it's truly Patrick Keynes and in his, in his name. And mm-hmm. uh, I know he's not wearing the C, but uh, that's what he is this year. Uh, at least it feels that way. Uh, you know, this is another one where Patrick Kane essentially uh, wins this team, the hockey game on, on that play right there with the game winning goal. Uh, it's set up right there. So it's, it's just, it's amazing to see this type of stuff, Johnny. After having no shots on that first power play in multiple instances on Sunday night where they had no shots on power play chances, this was huge because that very easily and you know, very well should have been a clear by the Carolina Hurricanes all the way down to the end of the ice. Blackhawks got to retrieve, try their bullshit pushback entry again. That's what would you don't have happened. Like that play. You, don't, you, you don't like that play. I don't like it when it's repeated, and that's what they do because they think Patrick Kane's the only one that can skate it into the zone. Uh, luckily, Kirby Doc's back, and hopefully he can change some of that a little bit, and we can get zone entries like I talked about earlier. I've uh, seen the Brinkett be able to get into the zone over the past few days, though. It's, like, just, uh, it's too predictable. Did you see Nashville uh, on Sunday night? They had a guy literally waiting. Yep. They had three, three at the blue line, and they had one guy waiting at mm-hmm. the opposite, opposite blue line right there waiting for that pass. So that's why I don't like it. But either way, just getting back to all this, that would have resulted in a clear, and they would have had to try to enter again and get something set up, and that you know takes however much time off, 30 seconds off of your power play there. Patrick Kane said no, and he you know made the smart defensive play, even though they were technically in the offensive zone, uh, makes that play. Uh, he gets the assist on that, obviously, to bring it burying that. And that's a uh, our guy, uh, that pod guy, Duke, uh, Duke Coughlin. Uh, Erie Otters assemble, baby. Strom scored. You knew the cat had to follow, right? You know, what What a perfect story here, Johnny. Uh, what, what a perfect story here. Uh, this is this is great for, I think, uh, the, the Strom and DeBrinket friendship, uh, both scoring on the uh, on the birthday of, of his kid. And uh, it'll be interesting to see who they make as the uh, as the godfather. I think uh, DeBrinket was trying to put one in there to, to stake claim. No, absolutely. So uh, let's move on uh, because the Blackhawks are up 2-0 at this point. But this will be almost the last that we'll talk uh, offensively in this game. And the focus is going to shift to defense. And I'm really excited, Tony, because I have some really good points coming up here. And I know you do as well. So let's move through the action in the second period, though, uh, further than this. Uh, Nikita Zadorov takes a stupid tripping penalty at the 10-33 mark. Um, and this is something Ron and I talked about. Got to clean up these penalties. And I love what Ron says. I'm not mad at you. I'm just disappointed because I know you can be better no you have been better at stretches so that's what i thought about Nikita Zadorov here but i was proud of the blackhawks effort here uh they were able to kill this penalty and do it very effectively and protect the house in doing so we talk about that being so important uh this was carolina's only power play chance of the night a team that is extremely dangerous on it i believe they rank um near the top so it's got to be at least in the top five um and the blackhawks were able to negate that so good kill there uh despite the dumb penalty by Zadorov. uh and then after that, uh, Carolina would get kind of a wonky goal here, Tony. And this was one that you can't really pin on Lycanin because it was a defensive zone draw for the Blackhawks. Brady Skay corrals it at a half wall after the Canes win the puck. He fires that puck towards the net at a terrible angle. We're talking Patrick Kane, like 2010 Cup winner angles here. Uh, and Andrei Shvechikov was right below the goal line, steps up in front of Lankinen, puts a little bit of the shaft of the stick on it, and it goes. It was going to go wide, but White Kalanuk is on the back end of that, deflects in off of him. Uh, can you blame Lankinen at all for this? No, I I, I can't. Uh, you know, and at this point in time, Johnny, 
Um, you didn't really know what you were going to get from the Blackhawks because you knew that you were going to face at least a little bit of adversity here. Uh, you don't like seeing uh, goals like that go in uh, just because, A, it, it's, a, it's a good play. You can't really blame the goaltender. Uh, and I think that those ones build almost a little bit more momentum uh, for a team like Carolina. So uh, you didn't really know what you were going to get from the Blackhawks after this one. I was, a little, I was getting a little nervous. I'm not going to lie. Oh, I was nervous, no doubt. But hey, um, I'm glad that the, you know, if it was going to come like a goal was going to be scored on us tonight, I'm glad it came from an area like that and not something that was a wide open slot shot. Um, and, and that can be reflected in the five on five chances here. Uh, the Blackhawks only led in high danger chances, scoring chances in one, excuse me, uh, high danger chances in one period here. And that was uh, three to two in, in the middle frame. So the Blackhawks capitalized on theirs. Uh, the you know, Carolina, it wasn't a high score, high danger chance that they had scored on. Uh, but either way, that starts the shift to the defensive side of the game that we talked about here after an abysmal first period getting completely outplayed. Um, they started to lock it down a little bit more um, in that second period. So that was the only blemish there. And then we take it over to the third. I'm going to open it up with a quote because there was no events here. When you're talking penalties, when you're talking, uh, you know, uh, goals, any, none of that happened here uh, in the third period. So one quote that came up from Pat and Eddie on the broadcast, they said, this game is coming to a crawl a little bit. And the notes that I have here typed in our rundown, Tony, you can see it. That is a fucking good thing for the Blackhawks. Tell me why. Johnny, you and I kind of actually uh, talked about this one a little bit before we got on air uh, and before we even knew that this was going to be something that uh, both of us picked up from this. And uh, the reason that I that I believe that this is a great thing, Johnny, is because you're sitting there watching this game. And if you if you think about traditionally – third periods where the Hawks have held a one to two goal lead. Uh, you're sitting a little bit on the edge of your seat, especially at the beginning of the period. Um, and as time rolls on through this thing, you're like, you're just waiting for the game to be tied because for years now, man, like we've had so many holes in the defense that like, even if you go back, you had Corey Crawford and Robin Lehner uh, last year, and you still had enough holes in the defense where you're blowing you know, leads in the third period and things are are going wrong when you've got arguably more dependable goaltenders than what you entered the year with Kevin Lykanen in. So when you, when you hear the analysts say this game is slowed to a crawl, that means that the Blackhawks have done exactly what you need to do when you have a lead. You suck the energy out of the building. If you're not going to be able to put up any offensive chances, this is exactly what I want to see happen. Choke them out. I mean, the game got boring, and that's a good thing because that means that there's there's no momentum at all. You're not weathering the storm. You're making good shift changes, and you're not overwhelmed. And that's exactly what you want to see when you have a lead. It's just another way that you can win a hockey game. And for the Blackhawks to pull that one out and learn how to win that way, that that's that that is a good stepping stone for a young team. I hope Jeremy Colleton kind of talks about that with the team afterwards. Like you, you guys have the ability to do this and play some lockdown defense, kind of go into defend lead mode a little bit and, and just ride this out where you don't have to be worried. I mean, there wasn't really any pressure in my opinion until they pulled their goaltender um, th throughout that period. And that, that that's exactly what you want here. 
Uh, you still give yourself some opportunities to kind of sneak one in, but you don't have to play that fast pace up and down the ice circus type game where they can lead to some turnovers uh, that go back the other way. It was just controlled. And that's exactly what you want to see. You led right into my point because you talked about the importance for the Blackhawks. I'm going to talk about what the opponent does. The Carolina Hurricanes are one of the fastest teams in the NHL. Carolina Hurricanes are one of the most skilled teams in the NHL. They are one of the best teams at creating chances off the rush in the NHL. You shut that down completely, and you made them play your game. What Jeremy Colladin ideally wants you to play, you made them play that in the third period when they were chasing the goal. That I, I can't understate how much like just how important that is and you know you talked about it from a learning standpoint like this is a building block like this is what we need to be able to do sure you'd like to you know like oh they always say that we'd like to spend some more time in our zone generate our chances as well but hey if you were as long as you are locking that down protecting the middle of the ice um to protect the house what i love to say that they did that very well it was kind of reminiscent of that thursday night game against florida last week the last time you and i were having victory beers here too tony they only allowed one shot from the slot all third period in that game it was very similar in this game because there weren't just two there weren't many chances at all i remember looking at i can't remember the exact stoppage time but it was probably with about 850 to 830 left somewhere in that range when there was a puck over the glass and carolina only had three shots and granted the blackhawks only had two but the carolina hurricanes only had three when they're pressing they're chasing the game and you limited them to three shots. I thought that was outstanding. And that, you know, I would have at least expected a handful, at least five uh, at that point, at the very, very minimum. So I was very proud of the effort there. Um, as we, you know, come back uh, through kind of some events here, uh, there was an excellent Hagel back check uh, on Sebastian Ajo. Connor Murphy made a great pass breakup across seam as soon as Carolina pulled the goalie. That's when they finally started getting a little bit more pressure so to say naturally they just have one more skater on the ice um but i i was just so so impressed and i can't you know i'm like over the moon about it because that that is just something we haven't seen and even last year even if they were winning games they were still exchanging chances up and down the ice here tony so um eventually the clock runs out on this one blackhawks are able to negate it and i love tony for my peace of mind they didn't have a wild sort of ambush at the net in the last seconds in this one, they were able to clear it out to the center ice. Carolina was off sides by the time they were going to rush in for a final chance. How great is that? No, that was awesome. I do want to back it up, though, because I did mention earlier in the show that there was one play that I did not like out of the defense in the third period. And that was Nikita Zadorov uh, oh, yeah. in the waning yep, yep, seconds yep. of the game. Uh, decided that he was going to try and go for the empty net and skip the pass. I don't know who was breaking up the ice, but they were they were heading towards the center ice. It was Yanmark. Uh, uh, Zdorov just completely just flails one down the ice, trying to be the hero. Um, I, I do want to talk about that play, though, because I've been hard on Jeremy Carlton not getting emotional or upset about bad plays that players make or you know bad calls or things that happen to the team. Uh, where he's looked emotionless. Uh, I, I like the fact that Carlton kind of took off his mask, looked really irritated, and I'm pretty sure shouted something towards uh, Nikita Zadorov after that play. Uh, thank God, I think, for him that it wasn't icing and had to stay out there on the ice because that's the type of thing that uh, you pull some shit like that, and normally you skate back to the bench uh, at one point and you're going to get some words. So I'm, I'm sure that that was discussed. Obviously, the end result was a win. 
but for like five seconds there, I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, Johnny, we're going to be talking about how Nikita Zadorov sends the puck down the ice. There's an icing calling off the draw. We're talking about, you know, a, a slap shot over the, over the glove of Kevin Lankinen that goes into overtime and that Blackhawks blow this one because I've seen this story before. Um, I think those kind of plays write themselves, especially for a player like Sidorov. So I didn't like seeing that. Uh, that was probably the mm-hmm. most uneasy I was during this game. I, I don't know about you, but that, that was just I, not a great moment. I, I'm glad that you brought that up. I'm sorry. I overpassed that earlier, but um, you know, uh, it was selfish. That was the best word that I, that's what I put out from four feathers. As soon as that happened, I said, that's just selfish. Zadorov. That's what it was. Um, and it would be different if there was no streaking forwards up the middle. Sometimes you just got to clear it. I understand that. There was a play earlier. Uh, I forget who it was, but someone just had to clear it. They just had to mm-hmm. get it. I think it might've been Murphy. Just had to get it the fuck out. No one was there. Carolina was about to close in on him, so he just cleared it. That's okay in that situation. If there was no one there, I'd be okay with Zadorov doing that. And if you're taking a shot at the empty net, okay. But you had uh, it was it might have been Debrinket. Either way, it was one of the one, two, or three numbers. Yanmark or Debrinket, one of them two was streaking up the middle of the ice, like you said. And uh, yeah, I'm glad that Jeremy Calden at least elicited, that elicited a little bit of a response from him, uh, since he seems to be fairly motionless at times. Yeah. And I mean, like, that's, that's something I feel like, uh, you know, just going back, you know, if you, if you saw somebody pull that shit, like coach Q's all over your ass and, and I hate comparing Carlton to Q all the time, because I feel like that's old and tired, but there is something to be said for hockey coaches and how you should coach your team, uh, and get those responses and the, the, the learning moments that we talk about, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you had a potential disaster on your hands after that one. Uh, you want to eliminate those things. I mean, th- this is just shades of going back to, I think the, uh, the 2014, uh, Western conference final loss. And I, I hate to bring that up, but like, there's certain plays that just lead to things that you can't have happen uh, when the game's right within your reach. And that was something that I didn't like. So hate to rain on, on, on the parade here, but uh, that one was again, a little bit concerning and, and boneheaded in my opinion. You're correct because it did not cost them tonight, but in a situation when say another game where they're really battling for points and need it to stay in a, maintain a position, uh, right. it could very well cost them, especially say uh, this was against Carolina hurricanes tonight. I'm not uh, downplaying them at all because they are great. They're second, you know, in the, or whatever, second or third in the division here. Um, but say that's against the Tampa Bay lightning. I guarantee you uh, stammer or Victor Hebben makes you pay um, right. after that one happened. So yeah, no, I agree with you. Uh, it was good to uh, touch back on here, but let, let's get to final observations here uh, before we preview the next game and wrap it up. But uh, my final observation, like we always start out with, is uh, the cool and tough player of the game. Um, you're going to have to let me gush a little bit here uh, because it's Kevin Lankinen's a very good choice for this, but I'm going with Connor Murphy tonight. Uh, both the stats and just his demeanor uh, screamed cool and tough to me. So I'll read them off here. One assist tonight. Uh, it was on that uh, first, yeah, that first goal by Dylan Strom. He made the play to initiate it to the neutral zone to Doc, so he gets credit for that assist. He was a plus one rating, two shots on goal, six hits, five block shots, twenty six minutes time on ice to lead all 
Blackhawks skaters. So um, Connor Murphy was the go-to guy for Jeremy Colleton tonight and very well uh, deserved for him because he's a very responsible defenseman. But uh, specific plays that I need to point out because uh, this is my reasoning why when we talk about it, you know, it's more than just the numbers for a cool and tough player of the game. Uh, He dumped it in during the second period. Uh, He dumped his man at one end and then uh, skated down to the other end of the ice as his forwards are generating chances. He was the only guy in there, uh, but he was still fresh. So he comes down and provides the net front presence uh, for his forwards there. Didn't result in the goal or anything like that, or even like a really high danger chance. But either way, the fact that he's willing to do that uh, as a defenseman there, it's easy to just sit back and, uh, you know, watch, uh, especially when you have the responsibilities at the back end. But either way, he wanted to make a play. So that, that stood out to me. Second of all, a play in the third period. Um, he provided support for Kirby Doc. Kirby Doc was trying to control the puck, and I, you, uh, I love Kirby Doc as much as the next guy. But you, I think you can agree with me that he gets a little bit clumsy at times, and I think that's just a product of him being young. And he tries to like chip it to himself a couple times every once in a while. I think there's a and, there's a there's a problem with him being young, and I also think that uh, you know you look at his body structure versus a guy like Patrick Kane. And now I'm not going to say that Kirby Doc doesn't have hands, Johnny. Because he absolutely does. We saw that on display uh, on Saturday further, night. Yeah, but there's, there's further away. There, it's it's further away for him. There there is a size issue when it comes to like trying to do some shit like that. So Kirby Doc fumbling the puck a little bit, trying to you know pass it to himself, chip it to himself a little bit, and he loses this. And it could have easily been a two on one break the other way, odd man rush for Carolina. But Connor Murphy is right there. And grand, you know, this is just him being responsible, being where he's supposed to be defensively. It's not a play that stands out. It's not going to show up in any highlights. You're not going to be able to go on YouTube and look this one up, see how great Connor Murphy was tonight. No, you're not going to see that. It was just an observation that I had. But he comes and he takes that puck away because it was along the left high boards up near the blue line. Connor Murphy takes it, shovels it back to himself, recollects, let Kirby Doc shovel off of his man, and then they reset the offense from there. When it very easily, with how aggressive Carolina needed to be within this third period, could have easily poked it the other way uh, and gone uh, for a short, or excuse me, a uh, odd man rush. So uh, I just thought that was outstanding from Connor Murphy. And then uh, you made that beautiful cross seam uh, breakup when the Carolina eventually pulled the goalie. Uh, that was big because it could have easily been a one time opportunity for the Canes there. So that one. And then uh, my favorite one of this is that he absolutely eviscerated Mark Lazarus for asking a dumb fucking question to open the press conference tonight. And uh, he basically, the essence of it was, uh, was what the essence of this post game was and you know what won them the game uh he said you know not every night is going to be pretty sometimes you can just defend well and still win a hockey game and i love that from one of your top defensemen so you you stole my cool and tough player of the game and and that's fair i think you gave a way better breakdown uh than i would have for connor murphy so in substitute for a cool and tough player of the game i'm gonna award uh everybody who blocked a shot tonight the cool and tough player in the game award. And I think Connor Murphy, uh, I think he loved the team in that. Uh, But 19 block shots for the Blackhawks overall, I think that that's pretty cool and tough of a number uh, when it comes to block shots. Johnny, you don't see them laying out in front of as many pucks as they they did tonight normally. So uh, I I liked that effort. But I have to agree with you, Johnny, for every single fucking reason. You said that Connor Murphy was cool and tough tonight. He absolutely was. And I think that he – he is starting to grow on a lot of people as, you know, one of your favorite defensemen of this Blackhawks core uh, for the things that he's doing. And, and, you know, I, I think it was a little bit rough for him uh, when he first came over uh, in that deal. 
And, uh, you know, he's starting to do some of those things that uh, you wanted to see from him because um, obviously Nicholas Jalmerson is a hard player to replace. Um, but, uh, you know, he's starting to do those things, giving up the body. Um, he's involved physically in every single, in every single match. Um, he's just, he's just doing those little things that, uh, you know, a, a number one, number two defenseman on a competitive hockey team do. And, you know, I think there was some questioning, uh, over the past couple of years, like what's he actually going to develop into? Uh, and he's a really solid NHL defender right now. And somebody that I love, uh, watching play hockey. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, uh, that's a great summary of it. Um, I think he made a good point as well. I listened to a little bit of the uh, interview uh, post game from him, and they had asked about him and Zadorov playing together. And you know, you think about it. Sure, we, we've ra- we've already ragged Zadorov on this episode. It happens frequently, but I- at the end of the day, when you're looking at them as a pair, as a pair, as a whole, um, a lot of reach there. They're they're both big guys. I mean, obviously, we know Nikita Zadorov's tall. Connor Murphy's tall himself. Uh, they can take away a lot of space there uh, with their sticks, with their body. If they're laying out, if they're, uh, you know, getting down to a knee and having a stick elsewhere. Um, so, you know, it's they found they found a little bit of a mesh there. And it's uh, interesting to see because Zadorov is suspect at times. But, hey, when they're clicking um, and, you know, we got a guy that's so responsible like Connor Murphy back there, um, you know, so I guess cool and tough can also go to him for uh, cleaning up slop a little bit. Yeah. And the other thing about Connor Murphy, and I don't think that this is said enough that like, I hope he's with this organization long enough to uh, win a cup and then like retire in Chicago and just like be a staple at like the Southside Irish parade or something. Cause I I'd love to like, just see him bar hopping down on St. Patrick's day. He's got Southside Irish written all over him. Uh, also a noted White Sox guy. I'm pretty sure. I think there's some, yeah. there's some photos out there. So Connor Murphy, cool and tough. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think that wraps that up for this. Uh, sorry, we went a little bit long-winded on this one. I uh, need to give an honorary mention, though, to Kevin Lankinen. Uh 30 saves on 31 shots, 13 of those coming in the first period. So Blackhawks would not be in a position to win if Kevin Lankinen did not perform like he did in the first period. So uh, we'll stick taps all around there for that one. Uh, let's get into the preview, though. Uh, we were running out of time here. Let's get to the preview of Thursday night's game. It'll be right back at it against these Carolina Hurricanes, uh, 7 p.m. The regular standard 7 p.m. start times threw me off. Looks like it threw the Blackhawks a little bit off the night, too, Tony, uh, starting at 6.30. But we'll be back there. Uh, NBC Sports Chicago, the standard setup Thursday, April 1st. Oh, shit. It's crazy breaking into that already. Um, but Blackhawks now sit at 17, 15, and 5. Uh, 39 points, fifth in the Central because Nashville did win tonight. Uh, they hold the uh, tiebreaker due to regulation wins. Uh, Hurricanes now 23, uh, 8, and 3. Uh, 49 points. They are still at second in the Central Division. So uh, same team that we're going to get back here tonight. Uh, imagine they're going to be hungry and looking to impose their will uh, with speed on Thursday night. What about you? Thoughts? Thoughts, Johnny? Uh, you, you you played a somewhat dangerous game today. Uh, and I say that for the reason of uh, the fact that the Blackhawks got off to a slow start. Um, they, uh, uh, they, they, they narrowly escaped uh, what would have been a one nothing game uh, just a few times uh, early on. So you, you want to see the Blackhawks start a little bit hotter uh, and, and just generate some some scoring chances earlier on in this next uh, in this next game because um, I, you don't really get I don't want to call their effort tonight lucky, Johnny, 
but uh, they did get lucky in some spots where they didn't put up enough offense to to really weather any sort mm-hmm. of adversity early on in this game. So I'd like to see the Blackhawks get out to an early lead. Uh, to be honest with you, it's going to make me a little bit more comfortable. Uh, but then, you know, realizing how you beat this team in game one, I think is also going to apply here. So uh, if you do get out to that early lead, you know you've got some weapons. But I'd like to see a little bit more than two goals scored. I don't know about you. I want to see some sort of, you know, return to uh you know offensive prowess and and the, and the power play start to pick things up a little bit um you know I, I wouldn't i wouldn't be mad with two power play goals and like a you know a four to two hawks victory yeah i, I think that's a very good point they did technically score that power play goal but even that like you said can be considered a little bit lucky because that was just patrick kane working his magic uh doing a excellent stick lift uh, on pesci there uh for the second goal that the blackhawks scored so i'm with you power play does need to ramp it up because the first you know th- that kind of saves it for statistically on the night you know oh technically you went uh one for two in, in that category but hey the first one didn't have any shots and didn't have anything going so i'm with you power play needs to be revitalized if they're going to have a chance in this one um they also need to uh get back to that net front presence that they did so well against uh the florida panthers in those two yes. wins last week uh because that that has been lacking a little bit um and that they were able to score some goals there. I mean, you saw redirects from Carl Soderberg. You saw guys screening uh, the goalie, Pia Suter, uh, being right out in front, taking away goalies' eyes um, whatnot. So that I would like to see a return to that as well. And uh, just piggybacking off your point, 11-3 uh, to high-danger chances at uh, – five on five tonight in favor of the Carolina Hurricanes. So uh, you play like that again, and you'll probably get beat uh, on Thursday night. So yeah, uh, more commitment to the offensive game. And then uh, remember your structure on defense too. Um, Like I said, hopefully you're just, you know, kind of negating having to do some of that by spending more time in your own zone. So uh, find a way to do that as well. And maybe I think, uh, you know, Ron and I talked about Kirby Doc getting back into the mix, playing heavy minutes and stuff could be a little bit of a wrench in things. For the Blackhawks, how they've been going, uh, you know, before this, and with him taking away some minutes, so to say, from other guys, it might take a little bit more getting used to. But I would think by the fourth game back, that's when things can start to kind of go back into motion here. So uh, I look for that on Thursday night. Yeah, you know what? It's interesting that you bring that one up too, Johnny, because. Um, you know, that's just something that anytime you add somebody back into the fold, um, you know, you can, you can throw off some routines and, uh, we talk about superstition all the time and, and just the different things that it takes to, you know, get through a season as a team. So, um, I think Kirby doc is, is a net positive addition. I don't think either of us are saying that, but it's, it's really not surprising to, uh, at least me, uh, mm-hmm. that, uh, when you bring somebody else back into the fold that takes up top minutes, it's, it's it's going to shake some things up. I think it's just the adjustment period. That's strictly what it is. Just a few, you know, whatever. And we're not even a week back from it. It's, yet, you know, it's only his third game back. Thursday will mark his fourth game back. But nice thing about this as we progress is after that, they're going to start getting comfortable. And then it's what's that going to look like once they get comfortable with them and they find a spot for them and really slot in and everybody else uh, kind of finds their place within the lineup. I can't wait for that. So uh, hopefully another step forward uh, towards that on uh, Thursday night. But uh, we'll be back to recap all that action as well. So. So now that we've got all that out of the way, Tony, who is your stick to click for Thursday night? Stick to click for Thursday night, Johnny. Uh, Patrick Kane. I've got to go back to what works. Uh, Patrick Kane, I want to see him on the score sheet. Uh, I I feel like he's just kind of due at this point for, uh, you know, a a, a great offensive performance. And uh, I I think he's going to get the job done. 
Yeah, I, I like that one. I mean, how can you never how can yeah a Showtime I mean, pick? That's simple. yeah, and especially with you know after the the stick lift tonight, just uh, you know he's going to be looking to show that offensive flesh on Thursday night. So I, I uh, you know think you will hit as well. Uh, I hope I hit on mine, and I hope the universe rewards this man uh, for uh, being a good teammate, good friend um, all around, and that is Matthias Yanmark. Um, for you know, digging the puck out for Dylan Strom tonight, man. And he also had some nice defensive efforts too tonight. And you know, he can kind of go quiet unnoticed, but he has revitalized the scoring touch a little bit here in Chicago. So, um, I look for Matthias Yanmark, a little bit of a greasy goal. Uh, I'm talking, you know, when I talk net front presence, he's one of the guys that can apply that. So, Blackhawks defeat the Carolina Hurricanes by a score of two to one tonight, thanks to a great defensive effort down the stretch. Excellent goaltending by Kevin Lankin in the first period keep them in this one um satisfied with the effort glad to have victory beers with you tony you got any final thoughts final thoughts not hawks related johnny but i've got to say we're breaking into baseball season at on tap sports nut uh if you if you like these post game shows if you're a Sox fan uh, you've got socks on tap and if you're a cubs fan uh, our guy ron loose who does this show uh it can be found over at cubs on tap uh, they believe their twitter handles at cubbies on tap uh we do this for uh, baseball as well. Um, and I'm, I'm not going to leave out our other teams. We've got uh, Bulls and Bears coverage as well. And those can also be found at uh, Bears on tap and Bulls on tap. But uh, with baseball season coming up, uh, you can hear uh, Johnny and I break down White Sox games as well. If you enjoy this show, uh, be sure to come check us out over on Sox on tap and, and our guy Ron on Cubs. So I just wanted to give give those little shout outs there, Johnny. It's 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 getting busy around here. Yeah, it is getting busy, Tony. Um, and yeah, baseball season coming up starting on Thursday uh, with opening day. Same setup uh, for these post-game shows, what we do here, the kind of coverage that we bring you for Hawks. If you enjoy it here and you're also a baseball fan, we do that here. Uh, we, we get you know reactionary right after a game. We try to break down uh, what happened, what our favorite moments were, what our least favorite moments were, what what's grinding our gears uh, at that point. Yes. So we do it in a uh, baseball stance over there. Tony and I are big Southsiders, so uh, we're on at Sox on Tap. And then Ron, uh, you've him on this many a time before at Cubby's on tap, uh, like Tony had just mentioned. So, um, Tony, let's get out of here then. Three magic words. Let's, let's go, go Hawks. Hawks.